Welcome into 2 for 1 Drafts. Austin Gale here, the host of 2 for 1 Drafts, a Rookies and Draft Prospects podcast. Today, Mike Renner and I are in studio going to do NFL draft grades and a full 2021 season preview for all NFC teams. Yeah, it's, all, not, a, it's not a full preview. It's a little preview. Okay. We're also going to do one for AFC teams on the next episode, but today, NFC teams. Let's get it. Smelling salts are cracked, and we're ready to rip with the Camel Campbell's helmet on the table again. It's becoming a staple piece. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a valuable part of the pod. It's a valuable part of the pod. Remember, if you want to send us some cool random shit, I might put it on this table. Just DM me. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on this table. That's a Camel Campbell Camel's helmet signed by their head coach. I'll put it I didn't, anything. I didn't know they had a football team. I'll keep it 100% with you before well, we got that helmet. Well, here we are. Let's Now we're going to do the 2021 NFL draft grades and a season preview for all NFC teams. Let's just get right into it. Packers off the rip. A C-minus grade for the Green Bay Packers. That is tied for the lowest grades we handed out this year. We did no Ds. We work with all 32. I put some, I put some Ds and then you. <laughs> yeah, I had to cut. We work with all 32 NFL teams, Mike. No Ds. C minus. We did Lois was a C minus. Eric Stokes. I wish that's p- how my professors felt. <laughs> Eric Stokes, cornerback of Georgia, drafted at 29, the 72nd ranked player on PFS draft board. Josh Myers, center out of Ohio State, the 154th ranked player on PFS draft board, drafted at 62. And then Amari Rogers, the 128th ranked player on PFS draft board, drafted at 85. Reaches at every turn, according to the PFF draft board. No way this is going to get a better grade than C minus. Yes, it, it just does, and it actually brings up a good search. Should I, should I throw a story out? We haven't told a story in a while. Go give me about a story. about when I did get a D in college. Um, it oh. was my second semester senior, last semester uh, audit class. I hated this class. It was eight a.m. Wednesday, Friday, so an awful schedule to have it. Um, I, I almost never went. Like, yeah, I just by that point I knew I was not going to do accounting, and so. I hated the class. The teacher hated me for not going. It was a nice symbiotic relationship. The perfect sort of mesh to get a terrible grade. So I had an awful grade going into the final. I think I had like a C minus. Um, and I had to pass this course. Obviously, it's audit. One of my like core accounting courses to get an accounting degree. And I wake up on a Tuesday during finals week, like 10 a.m. And I have an email that says from that professor, you picked the wrong day to miss class. I had missed the final. That's I all the thought, email said? Yes. Oh my God. I had I had thought I had read so we had like accounting four zero one zero was like audit. And this was I, I had misread the schedule and it was like four four zero zero one was the next day. And so I actually hadn't even studied for like that audit exam. Um and it was that day. And before I even email him back, because I knew the professor was just gonna like dick me down. Um <laughs> I, I emailed the provost. I'm like, hey, I misread the schedule. It's confusing. Like I, the numbers got wrong. Um, I accidentally missed the final. Is there any way I can like make it back up? And I'm just like pure panic. I still have yeah, I still have this dream like regularly about this exact thing. And like I wake up and I missed a final as one does. But I email that guy and he's like, yeah, we'll like work something out. Like that's we're not going to screw you here. And I roll into this guy's office. So like the provost emails my professor. I roll into his office. He doesn't even say a word. He just has the test. I grab the test and he's like, there's a room down the hall. And I'm like, oh my God, this like, if I don't, but I hadn't studied. So yeah, I had yeah. no, 
I get, I end up with a D plus. I passed and the rest is history. Now I'm here. My goodness. I'm going to follow up with a funny story from high school. Actually, I was back against the wall. I was a good student in high school. I yeah. finished with like a 3.9 GPA, but still I, I, there was one when I was just back against the wall, I had a bunch of shit happening at home where I couldn't get something done. And there was this essay. It was like a 10, 12 page essay. And I didn't turn it in. I didn't even say anything to the teacher. I was like, dude, I didn't turn this in. And if he comes up to me, I'm like, brother, it's not happening. You yeah. know? And then he cut well, the, uh, the teacher comes up to me and I'm like, here we go. Here it goes. He's like, dude, I loved your essay. I was like, Oh shit. He thinks he read my essay. <laughs> I didn't turn anything in. I was like, Oh, thanks man. He's like, that's all. Um, you know, whatever. I, we talk a little bit about it. I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. And then, so he knows he's had that conversation with me. Uh -huh. Then he's like trying to give the grades back. And he's like, dude, I can't find your essay. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. And he's like, well, I was like, do you remember what grade I got? And he's like, I think it was an A. And I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> so he ends up, he is blunder because he thinks he read it. And then now he can't like come back oh, on no. it because he was like lying to me because he's like, oh, I loved your essay, even though he was assuming he's, that I turned it in. Yeah. So uh, he ends up giving me an A for that essay, even though he can't find it, which is absolutely incredible. He's like asking me if I have it saved on my computer. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I usually delete that stuff. That is fantastic. Actually. It was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, <laughs> someone had my back there. The teacher, uh, and that's just the teacher's fault. Honestly, you can't just, you can't lie to kids like that. Anyway, okay. Back to the backers. Back to the backers. C minus. They didn't completely sleep through the first round, but sadly, my, my favorite, so favorite and least favorite pick, and I'm going to do the top 100 pick I would have redone for every team here. Favorite pick, I mean, it's got to be the Amari Rodgers one. They yeah. finally addressed wide receiver. I, I think Rodgers is fairly NFL ready. He brings a skill set they don't have at the receiver position. It's versatile. Uh, I think he's going to fit well in that offense. Now, where they got him, like he's still a limited player in my opinion still like kind of a slot only type of player but I, but again they finally address wide receiver so obviously that's going to be my favorite pick least favorite pick man just looking through we gave three of their top four picks a poor grade yeah. like they were massive reaches in the pff draft board the stokes one's the one that i really just don't get i just don't get like i don't see one the talent fit i, I said he was firmly in that kind of second wave of corners that I didn't want to draft early on. There was those, we kept talking about pre-draft, five guys at the top. He was obviously not one of them. And then I don't want to take one in the second round. I wanted to take one then in the third round. And Stokes was a guy I would have taken in the third round. Um, and then the he was a man, he played better in man coverage at Georgia. That was his thing. Had a grade over 80 in man coverage last year. They are not going to be playing man coverage in Joe Barry's defense. It was coming over from... Los Angeles, the least man-heavy defense in the NFL last year. So I just don't see the scheme fit, the talent fit. Me there, that's the pick I would have redone. I would have gone Elijah Moore there. If you're, They were obviously in the market for a slot-type receiver. Yeah. Elijah Moore compared to Mario Rodgers is night and day, in my opinion, what they bring to the table. Man, I will say uh, my favorite pick was also Amari Rodgers, and I think I said this on the live show. I, I kind of like the comparison a little bit to Randall Cobb. Five foot ten, two twelve, averaged seven point nine yards after the catch per reception and zero point two forced missed tackles per reception, which ranked inside the 80th percentile among all receivers in college football last year. He's like a sneaky good yak guy. Like he's mm -hmm. a strong receiver that's not uber dynamic in any way. Like Elijah Moore is like different in terms of dynamism, but still. You know, guys kind of just bounce off him. He's kind of built like that running back. I think you compared him to what? Ty Montgomery, I believe, or like kind of like in that mold. So I do think that um, Amari Rodgers, I do like that pick a lot. It was still a reach even according to PFF's board. But the, the bigger botches for me here are obviously the Eric Stokes and, and Josh Myers pick. I think they could have done better there. I agree.
I, I want to get off the Packers, but so they're they're I want to get off them, and Vegas wants to get off them because they don't even have a lineup for their win total. Right yeah, now. and they won't until they Aaron Rodgers. I mean, which yeah. makes sense. You can't even bet on them to make the playoffs or anything along yeah. those lines, which is um, which is rough to see. All right, let's jump now to the Chicago Bears. Right now, their win total projection for twenty twenty one is seven and a half. Looking back at their draft grade here, let me pull it up. Sorry, I blended that. I blended that. Draft grade for the Bears was a A. Plus, grabbing Justin Fields, obviously I yep. called it the steal of the draft at pick 11 and then trading up again for Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State. And we like some of their other picks as well, like Khalil Herbert at 217, mm-hmm. Thomas Graham at 228, I think Kyrus Tonga at 250. Like day three, adding some of those players as well. Like Chicago Bears went in. I, I really do like this draft. Yeah, so they're one of, I believe, five teams here that when I was going through, didn't have a top 100 pick that I went through and said, I would have redone that, mm-hmm. done something else, gone elsewhere. If And I was kind of like lenient in it, obviously like maybe we had a guy higher on a PFF draft board for some of these teams. But if you're looking at XYZ position to go there, I don't think I would have redone Justin Fields, obviously, or Tevin Jenkins and those spots. I will say though, so A-plus draft, love what they did. Favorite, least favorite pick. Like there's no least favorite pick here. Like They, they had a really, a really good draft compared to the Maybe Daz Newsome, but even then. No, like, like, no, like none of the, like those are fine at that point where they drafted them. Um, I will say though, seven and a half, I still might lean under there. Yeah, I agree. Like there's, it's still not great this season. Now, Justin Fields starting a rookie quarterback behind an offensive line where you're starting one rookie tackle. And I don't know what you're doing on the other side. Jermaine Ifedi, maybe, which you don't want to do. I like they, there's the fact that they cut Charles Leno and Bobby Massey this offseason. It's not the way you want to start a rookie quarterback's career, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'd be surprised if Fields even beats out Dalton. Uh, and then that seven and a half total. Like, I only see that really covering if Aaron Rodgers is out that division. What was your opinion of the trade-up for Jenkins? Obviously, we, like, fell in love with the trade-up for Justin Fields. Getting aggressive yeah. there was great, but they trade-up from 52 to 38. And I think there were some opportunities there at 52 to also get a really good off the tackle. What was your Yeah, I mean, Raiden's was still on the board. He went 53. Um, I wouldn't have made that big a play. Mm-hmm. You, again, you're uh, – you're not in a position where you're going to have a lot of draft picks now. You haven't had a lot of draft picks yeah. after the Trubisky trade and after um, the Khalil Mack trade, and now you don't have a lot of draft picks after the Fields trade. And that one, it's like at some point you need young talent. So there's still a little. And that run on tackles did come at the back end of the second round. Like Walker Little at 45, Jackson Carmen 46, Sam Cosby 51, Raidens yeah. 53. Like they knew, like that- I think they were smart to come up, maybe not come up as far as they did. I'm trying to look for the trade details here. They traded. Um, number 52 and number 83. So And then swapped like a fifth and a sixth, which is nothing. But trading that number 83 overall pick to make sure they got Tevin Jenkins. Actually, when you look at just as that 83 pick, it's like not terrible. I don't hate it as much as I thought so I did. So you could have gotten, in retrospect, you could have gotten t- uh, Dylan Raidens and Wyatt Davis if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like really revamp that offensive line only or but come up just a couple spots and maybe get ahead of the Sam Cosme Walker little yeah. run but either way I, I do think that getting Justin Fields and getting Tevin Jenkins when I, I, I tweeted this out I think shortly after it's like Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are getting aggressive for a reason yeah. you told you said this in the pre-draft podcast all day long like mm-hmm. they're going to make some not short-sighted has a negative connotation but like they're going to make some aggressive ass moves because they are their backs are against the wall like you know like if they don't make a power play if they don't show promise this season it's over like it's done the chicago bears whole front office is tanked. and i will say they went from a team in one of the just 
most hapless situations in the NFL to now that fan base has a ton of hope going for it. Like you're at least maybe not this year. Like I said, seven and a half this year, they may go under that. Mm-hmm. But in the coming years, you have reason to believe things can change, turn around, turn around quickly here. All right, let's jump now to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings win total for 2021 right now is set at eight and a half by Vegas books. We gave their draft grade a B plus. They had a ton of picks. Again, we love that trade down from, uh, I think, 14 to 23 and still yeah. got Christian Derrissaw, a starting caliber off the tackle for that team. And then I really liked what they did on day two, man. Like day two, these are, yeah. these are awesome picks. Kellen Mond and Wyatt Davis at 66 and 86. Those are two of my favorites. Chaz Surratt, Patrick Jones, not maybe wouldn't have picked him in that spot, but still really like what they did there. I also like the Kenan Wangu pick of Iowa State. Um, I think Amir Smith-Marset in round five is fine. Like they did a lot of things where it's like, man, the Minnesota Vikings gathering as much picks as they do. When you have that much draft capital and you can just keep swinging that bat, you can take flyers on a Janarius Robinson out of Florida State. And that's after taking really good players at valuable positions in Derisaw, Mond, and Davis in the first three rounds. Yeah, so they turned pick 14 into Christian Derrissaw, Kellen Mond, Wyatt Davis. That's a that's a home run. Man, fantastic stuff. Utterly, like, exactly what that offensive line needed. So the only pick I changed, so what did we give? What was the grade we gave? B+. Plus. B+. Plus. It's, a little, it's a little low. I regret that. Bumped that up a little bit. A-. Because, it, because it's a B+. Plus. I feel like we always, like, overrate the teams. Not overrate, but... When a team has 20 picks, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the Dolphins have four picks in the top 50. It's like, of course, they're going to come away with a fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like when you don't have a second rounder and all you have is 14, you turn it into all this. Like that's Could a, have been a higher grade, you know, so love what they did. The one pick I would change the Patrick Jones one at 90. I don't see it. I don't even see like the developmental traits. He doesn't have great length. 32 and seven ace inch arms. 31 and a half inch vertical and 811 broad jump at his pro day. Those are not explosive numbers at all. Like they do this every year. Not this exactly, but they have their developmental edge they draft every year. Jones, and they took actually two swings at it this year with Janaris Robinson. They had DJ Wanda before that, Scott Crichton, Jalen Holmes. They do it a lot. They hit when it was uh, LSU guy, who I, Daniel Hunter, who I always forget his name for some reason. But they've had a lot of swings and misses in that range. If I was going to draft that developmental guy in that range, pick 90 where Patrick Jones came off the board, it would have been Baron Browning, their Ohio State linebacker. We've talked a lot about as being, you know, he actually tested out like a freaky athletic dude, kind of like Daniel Hunter did coming out. Patrick Jones, unfortunately, did not. A little more data on Christian Derrissaw, 94.5 PFF run blocking grade, one of the highest in the country, 90.8 pass blocking grade, and then a 95.3 zone run blocking grade, one of the highest in the class, which, is, which is just awesome to see for Christian Derrissaw. Moving off the Vikings. I, I like the Vikings over eight and a half, though. Here. Yeah? Eight and a half. I like. The, I think they take control of that division if Rodgers is out. I just do. Like Their defense is much, much improved with Hunter coming back with the entire interior of that defensive line just night and day. Oh, yeah. Maybe going from one of the worst to maybe one of the best. Michael in the Pierce NFL. coming back. You yeah. bring in Dalvin Tomlinson. And, and secondary you have got you have Cameron Dancer going into year two and now you have Patrick Peterson. Like those are Patrick Peterson's not that old. You know, he's only thirty. So this is 
I, I think Vikings. I think you can still bet on that. division winner in the AFC, NFC North. Maybe yeah. you can't bet on the Packers win total, but I think you can bet the Vikings to win the division, which I think would be. I'm not sure what that that, that odds is, but I bet they I bet you they're still plus money yeah. to win the division. I think that could be an interesting bet for sure. All right, let's jump jump now to the Lions. I believe you gave them an A plus grade, giving the Lions an A plus grade for what they did. They did I. Mean, I? I don't think it was an A+. Plus. I think it was just an A-. A-. Minus. I, I'm a sorry. A-, minus grade for what the Detroit Lions did at 7, grabbing Panay Sewell of Oregon at 41, Levi Muzurike of Washington at 72, taking him ahead of where the Eagles could have got him. I remember that 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 fist bump. And they came out and said, did you see? The they Eagles came out and said it was yeah. going to be Ali McNeil, but they grabbed Ali McNeil out of NC State at 72, and then Fatsu Melfanwu at 101, Amon Ross St. Brown at 112. Like, they made some power moves, man. I think they added a lot of talent um, in this draft. Their yep. first four, first four, five picks were all, like, legitimate values where they mm-hmm. got them doesn't change necessarily this year the five over under five is still kind of i see where they i see them ending up mm-hmm. they, they they did not add receiver talent really until i'm ross st brown like we said that's like the weak spot in the roster although tyrell williams was good at one point before injuries really struck down his career the one pick i would change in their so favorite pick easily here penny stool yeah, okay, what a pick. Least favorite pick is the Levi Muzurike. Uh, I, even that one, I don't hate. He's you know as athletic, if not more. So probably like the best three tech traits in this class, like best pure three tech. But if if I was going to go there, if that's where I was going to go, I, w- I would have taken someone like a Carlos Basham, who I think can be a three tech in the NFL, but then also has a little bit of versatility to play outside and has been a little more productive over the course of his college career. But even that one, we're splitting hairs. I really like this draft. Pick grades on the PFF.com tracker here. Very good for Panay Sewell. Above average for Levi Muzurike. Very good for Aline McNeil. Very good for Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, they just continue to hit it at every what turn. What the Fatu one? Why is that an average? Someone fucked that up. Someone messed that up. God damn it. Pass rush grade inside the 85th percentile for Lee McNeil. Run defense grade inside the 95th percentile for um, for Lee McNeil. Dude, that that guy's a stud, man. I mean, there's a reason the Eagles, that guy wanted him bad. He's young, right? He's 20. He's only 20 years old. He's going to be 21 potentially soon. Like, any multi-sport athlete, played running back and linebacker in high school. There's a lot. There's offers from Bama and all these blue blood programs. Like, Lee McNeil. I don't get why some people like He's the Grady Jarrett of this class. He was like DT8 on some people's boards. I was just like, what? Yeah, I remember how much PFF loved Grady Jarrett, and I think he went, yeah. went in the fifth, fifth round out of Clemson. I think Levi, I mean, uh, Aline McNeil might be that version here. Yeah. Let's now jump to the end. So who ultimately wins this division? Okay. On the spot. I mean, it just hinges on the Rodgers trade. Yeah. No Rodgers Vikings with Rodgers Packers. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think, again, to, to finish here on the Detroit Lions, like, I do think that they're in a position right now where they're not going to be very good next year. The only team with a lower projected win total than them is the Houston Texans. And (laughs) right now, the Houston Texans are an absolute disaster. So they're not going to be good next year. They're probably going to be in the running for top three, top five pick. Mm -hmm. With that being said, they're going to be in the running for Sam Howell of UNC, potentially Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma. Like They're going to be able to go after one of these new quarterbacks and And move away from that investment in Jared Goff after this season. And I will also say about not addressing wide receiver, it's like when you are drafting high in the draft, you get that that top of the second round is kind of a sweet spot, it feels like, for wide receiver talent mm-hmm. nowadays, where like there's still a lot on the board once you get there. So if you are drafting third and you do want a and you do end up with a Sam Howell, well then you can also pair him with kind of like the Bengals did T. Higgins, someone like that. 
And so a lot of people were talking about, like, why didn't the Detroit Lions get Justin Fields at seven? Why is no one talking about how the Detroit Lions passed on Justin Fields with how bad their roster is? Mm-hmm. They were going to pay Jared Goff $40.5 million this year. Or no, they're, they're on the books if they cut him for $40.5 million in dead money. Like, you're in a position where you're paying Jared Goff so much money. It's very similar to the Matt Ryan situation, except Jared Goff is bad. Like, that's the situation there. And they're financially committed to Jared Goff right now. It's why they got the two first-round picks. Like, I mean, it's a big reason why. So I do think that... um I do think that it just doesn't make a ton of sense because you're not going to be able to like be in a place where your cap is good until this Jared Goff contract's out of the way. Like right now, it's a disaster. Like his- I, I think that's is that true? Is that, I think after the trade though, he's. I see his cashed. cap figure according to over the cap. I guess at ten point six this year, but in thirty one point one in twenty twenty two and thirty point six. In 2023, but I think they can release him ahead of 2023. But they're committed to him for 2021 and 2022, barring a restructure. Like that is, they're in a bad spot. Like they tra- they got two first round picks for a reason. Like they took mm-hmm. on that monster contract. Like it wasn't because Matthew Stafford by himself was worth two first round picks. It's because you're trying to get Jared Goff's contract off the books in Los Angeles. Yeah, tough to see. Tough to see. All right, let's move to the NFC South, starting with these reigning Super Bowl champions. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really like what they did in this draft after the Joe Tryon pick. Their, their win total for 2021 is yeah. set in 11 and a half. They're, I think, plus 800 to win the Super Bowl right behind the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. They return all 22 starters. They've done a lot mm-hmm. on that this offseason to make sure they can come back and contend for a Super Bowl again, if not be the favorite down the stretch. I do think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, really good draft, but I know the pick you change is the Joe Tryon one. Yeah, that was probably my least favorite one. Uh, I do like, again, what they did. It's a forward-thinking draft. But I thought you could have gone someone like Christian Barmore, who's a forward thinking in terms of like he'll he fills a role down the line, but then can also make an impact tomorrow with how good he is, like with uh, how highly we thought of him as DT. So him or even like Aziz Ojolari, but obviously Aziz Ojolari fell for injury concerns. So if at 32, if we were going to address D line, I would have gone Barmore said Tryon. You gave them a draft grade of a B minus. They grabbed Joe Tryon at 32. I like the Kyle Trask pick at 64. Mm-hmm. We said it before the draft even started that the best landing spot for him yeah. was Tampa Bay with Tom Brady there. Bruce Arians could coach him up to develop his talent. Picked at 64. And then Robert Hainsey, a very versatile interior offensive lineman. You got Jalen Darden at 129 is a great spot. I think all that was, um, you know, they, they, they made some hits on that those first four picks. Yeah. And this is another one, I guess they. Drafting so late, you weren't going to get blue chip talent. Yeah. So not going to hate too much. Like, it, it was a solid draft. I think Barmore was, at 32, and we're talking pretty highly of this draft. I, yes. I, where, where does Barmore put this draft grade? Right now it's a B-minus for Tryon. Where does Barmore put this draft Probably grade? up to an A-minus. You love to see that. Yeah, but Man, that's... Tampa Bay. Tryon's, I mean, uh, very unknown at this point. Yeah. This is the biggest thing with him. I probably have said it a thousand times on this podcast, but if you're a new listener, Joe Tryon opted out of 2020 and it's like completely retooled his body retooled his diet and it's like you don't even know what this kid's going to be in 2021 like he is going to be he's a project and then some because he's going to be working from an entirely new frame and i do think that there's a lot of intrigue there obviously like if he's in a better if if he's in better shape than what he was at washington i think you can obviously talk highly of what this guy could do and i do think that his trajectory looks really good got a good head on his shoulders I'm, i'm excited for joe tryon here all right new orleans saints Projected win total. Buck, Bucks had 11 and a half. How do we feel about that first? I don't touch high win totals like that. That's tough, man. Like you're yeah, dealing with like you're you're at dealing Brady's with Brady's age, you're yeah. Playing with fire. Exactly. You're playing with fire, like they're a they're a quarterback injury away, or even like a couple quarterback missed games away from like not like not winning eleven. But they, they have to be considered just roster wise. 
class. I, I, obviously, I fucking won the Super Bowl, but like this, this team has to be considered the favorites if health maintains. Yes, and like favorites win the Super Bowl. Clear favorites in the NFC. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are. They are the clear favorites yeah. in the NFC. <laughs> There's not a lot of high win totals. So surprisingly, we'll get to them later. But like, it's Bucks, and then it's Rams, 49ers. Wow. Which is wild to me. We'll get to them later. New Orleans yeah. Saints, the biggest consensus reach of the 2021 NFL draft, at least in the first round. Peyton Turner goes at 28 to the Houston, uh, coming out of Houston. I know you're a big fan of him. You, you said it before, but it's like, yeah. I like Peyton Turner. At 28, it's a little rich, though. 28, a little rich. And then at 60, yeah. they grab Pete Werner, Ohio State, 76, probably your favorite pick there. Paulson at Debo of Stanford. And then the biggest reach, probably of day three, Ian Book of Notre Dame at 133. Draft grade C for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, there's not like a pick that I'm just like, great pick. You know, like all those are kind of just, eh, it's like a little rich. I, I think Adebo might be my favorite. Yeah. Because it's a swing. You know, those opt-out guys, like we didn't get to see it. We didn't get to see what he could have been. And now Adebo is a little bit limited in what he could do. Uh, just like his feet aren't particularly great. But I do think his ball skills are exceptional, the way he attacks in the air. Can, will still play in the NFL. So I think that's my favorite one. Least favorite one, it's the Ian Book. <laughs> now, like, it's outside the top 100. It's pick 133, but you lit, you lit a pick on fire. Like, I don't see what he could do on an NFL football field for you. Top 100 pick I would have redone. Turner, so he's not even going to start anyways. You know, yeah. like, he he's not – you have Cameron Jordan and Mark Stavenport there. So if you're not going to start a guy right away, I would have gone Jason Oway. Like he's got better developmental tools than Peyton Turner. Turner's a little bit different of a dude, obviously more of a power end. And I guess that's where they gravitate towards in New Orleans. But if I'm splitting hairs there, that's where I, that's the pick I'd change. Dare I say I'd want the under on the Saints at nine. I mean, the, the, the quarterback is still a mystery. Like, I don't know what Jameis Winston and Taysom yeah. Hill are capable of. Nine wins is pretty much like largely propped up by how good this roster is and how good Sean Payton is. Nine wins. If this gets if this gets juiced to nine and a half, I think I'll take the under. Honestly, I don't like betting on win totals without that half win push there. But like, I do think that I do think the Saints. I think that might be a little bit overrated. Like, I don't know. Like, they they're in a really tough division. Atlanta at seven and a half wins. Panthers at seven and a half wins. Obviously, the Bucs. They and did manage to kind of to stay intact. The only real key loss, Janoris Jenkins on that roster from a year ago. Like they kind of kept Andrew Breeze, but like Breeze by the end, <laughs> true, was true. not Drew Breeze. Is the thing so? And they were winning games with Taysom. So I, I, I don't, I don't know, know, man. I don't. I know. think they kind of run it back one more year. Really, and then. We'll start to fall off, but yeah, I, I think I like I like the over at nine. Okay, okay. I, right. I think this is team. I think this is a better team on paper than like the the Forty ers who are getting ten and a half love. Forty ers get ten and a half love. That's a, that's an under spot for me. All right, um, looking at now the Carolina Panthers. I was a huge fan of this draft. I was a really big fan of what the Carolina Panthers did, and it just makes me so upset because they shit to bed at the quarterback position. I still think that they could have done so much better if they didn't do that. So anyway, Carolina Panthers, pick one. We gave them a draft grade of an A, or no, B minus. B minus for the Carolina mm -hmm. Panthers. J.C. Horn at eight, South Carolina cornerback, first cornerback off the board. Terrace Marshall Jr. of LSU at 59. Brady Christensen of BYU at 70. Tommy Tremble, Notre Dame at 83. Those are their 
top 100 picks. Where are you leaning in terms of what you're going to flip for them? So, yeah, the pick I changed is the horn one. I can feel fields. We got fields. Yeah. Uh, the and it goes back to the Darnold trade. It just never made. We'll see. We'll see how the Darnold trade turns out, but not the trade we would have made. We said it wholesale. I mean, we said it about Teddy. Not the signing we would have made. Not the trade we would have made. Set your sights a little higher. Just set your sights a little higher. Set your sights to someone like Justin fucking Fields. Just gonna fall fell to you at eight, and you passed. So that's where I would have changed. Um, and even if I went corner, I would probably would have gone Sertan over Horn, or I would have gone Sertan over Horn for them. Favorite pick, though, Terrace Marshall, man, 59. I love this receiving core now. No excuse for Sam Darnold. Now, maybe a little bit of excuse if the offensive line. The offensive line is questionable. It doesn't doesn't get any better, but Terrace Marshall at 59, you have a pretty nice, you've got a three deep that stacks up against probably like anyone outside the Cowboys in the NFL. Reuniting right with Joe Brady, too. Yeah, so that that was definitely my favorite one. I do like – I also like what they did at 70 with Brady Christensen. I think he can come in and start early. Tommy Tremble, another guy I really like. Then even if you look at their you know late day three picks, like Davion Nixon, a guy that some people had in the first round at 158, Dante Brown of Alabama at 193, Shai Smith at 204. Some of these guys that like when you get – Getting, I mean, capable players towards the back end there, guys that are at least on the PFF draft board, you know, compared to some of these other guys, guys that aren't there. I think that's those are good picks as well. Their win total is at seven and a half, and I am leaning the over. If I had to bet on it, I'd lean on the over. I like this roster. I like, again, a lot of what I like too is the development. They're the youngest roster in the NFL, mm-hmm. the literal youngest roster in the NFL defensively. Mm-hmm. They had so much young talent on the defensive side of the ball last year. Itro yeah. Gross Matos, Bravian Roy, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, like so much young talent on the defensive side of the ball that like that year two jump is going to be real. Giving them the full offseason, mini camp, all that stuff to get better and develop under Matt Rule, under Joe Brady. I know Sam Darnold isn't good. He hasn't been good since getting drafted, but like this offense is awesome. Like you said, their receiving core might be, you know up there with the Dallas Cowboys in terms of the best in football. Then you got Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury. The offensive line is the biggest concern. No, sorry. Sam Darnold is the biggest mm-hmm. concern. And then secondly, the offensive uh, line. No, offensive line is pretty shit, though. Okay. It's scary. But yeah. both those things are like the biggest concerns. But defensively, I expect them to be better than they were last year. Obviously, adding J.C. Horn, some yeah. development from those young players. I like the over for the Panthers. And I'd like it even more if they took fucking Justin Fields at eight. The average quarterbacks don't really move the deal for over-unders, in my opinion. But yeah. I would like it more. I would like it more. Where would you go? Uh, that one I'm on the fence about. It's just a tough division. So, and the Thanks. defense, as much as it like it, it is still young, they're still unproven. I'll, I'll, I'll hedge and I'll say I'm not betting that one. Nice. Do you think they play a ton more press coverage now with J.C. Horn? I don't know. You got A.J. Bouye on the other side. Uh, who's And then Dante capable. Jackson in the slot? Yeah, I, I think they probably do. Not bad. All right. Atlanta Falcons over or under win total set at seven and a half. They, their draft grade. I'm late on the draft grades. Dude, I fucking suck. Their draft grade was a B. They drafted Kyle Pitts, obviously at number four overall, Richie Grant at 40. And then one of the bigger reaches of day two, according to PFF's draft board, Jalen Mayfield off the tackle offensive guard coming out of Michigan. Your opinion on those three picks? Yeah. My favorite one, I think it's Kyle Pitts uh, of the top hunter. It's just, to get a dude like that, it's awesome. Like, that's franchise definer type of player who's just going to be there for a decade for you. And you just love to be in a position that you could get a dude like that. So obviously that's my favorite one. And then obviously our least favorite one is going to be Jalen Mayfield, 144 on the PFF board. If I'm there, 
I want offensive line help. Would have gone Brady Christensen, one a few picks later, and who has inside outside versatility. Now probably going to kick inside, um, but I think he, he fits even like schematically fits better. Like he was running outside zone till the cows came home out at BYU, and that's what they're going to do under Arthur Smith. So throwing him in at left guard, I'd feel a lot better about that line right now than with Jalen Mayfield at left guard. Why do you think you know? Other analysts in the in the NFL obviously was so high on Jalen Mayfield. I mean, he's got some nice highlight reel blocks. He's young. Um, he's a physical player. I, I didn't see it though. I don't know. Got to ask the other analysts. Fuck. <laughs> oh man, he was the 144th ranked player on PFF's draft board. Goes at 68. What was your opinion of some of these day three picks here? Darren Hall at 108. Drew Dalman. I like the Drew Dalman pick. Okay, that's the one where I, I think he's a good scheme fit. It, honestly, like his his scouting report almost reads verbatim like Matt Hennessy is coming out. That's like multi-year starter, like experienced center, fairly athletic, play on the move. That was Hennessy coming out of Temple. So, um, and obviously Hennessy's their starting center right now. So I, I like it as like kind of a depth piece. I don't think he obviously starts right away, but that's uh, maybe he does. Maybe I like maybe he does start over Mayfield. 2019, 70.2 PFF grade for Jalen Mayfield across 851 snaps, and then just a 76.1 grade on 128 snaps in 2020. Concerns. Concerns. The Atlanta Falcons, over under, 7.5. I am I'm interested in your thoughts here. Are you going to sit on a fence again, or you actually have a take on this fucking team? Their defense stinks, man. Like, badly. But the offense is sweet. It reminds me of they're going to start out like the Cowboys last year. I'll go over. I think the coaching staff change is a big thing. Coaching staff change is massive. Because talent-wise, this should be a top 5 to 10 offense. I mean, there's a reason I was betting on the Falcons every single week last year. Like, they have... They have players, like offensively specifically. They have players: Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Now they have Kyle and I mean, Pitts. It's built for play action heavy with the route. Like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are, really are two of the best vertical and like double move route runners in the NFL. And what they can do, and just my God, I, I, they untapped potential offensively. They've been leaving on the table. Falcons, and, and then you add Kyle Pitts to the mix. They should be, they should be over seven and a half. Dude, stoked for the Atlanta Falcons. This division, man, is very good. I think the, the only under stinks. the only under I like here, and I'm not touching the Bucks at eleven and a half, is the Saints, man. I think the Saints at nine, and it could get juiced up to nine and a half. I don't like it. I don't I, like it. See, I don't like Jameis, and I don't like Taysom Hill. And the quarterbacks matter. The Saints did one of my least favorite things, though, or excuse me, the Falcons, where it's like they know their edge position sucks. Defense, like they got Dante Fowler and Jacob Tuioti Mariner as your starters right now. According to our lads. And then they did a the thing where it's like they spent two fifth rounders on it. Where it's like, those guys aren't going to fix anything. You kind of just like, oh shit, we're so bad there. We didn't actually get to address it earlier. Let's, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I would have rather tried like two guys who were Adie Ogundeji. Like, that's not where you find edge talent. Not, not that you find like other talent elsewhere, What's your but opinion like, I would throw some offensive line. Frank Darby, the 234th ranked player on PFS draft board. I saw some people who really liked him coming out of Arizona State. They pick him at 187, the receiver out of Arizona State. Yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of him. I think he's kind of a, he was like a one trick vertical guy who was not particularly explosive vertically, in my opinion. Like he right. got, they drafted Darren Hall also, the San Diego State corner, and he like ate his lunch at the senior bowl. All right. 
We're jumping now to the Washington football team. Their draft grade was an A minus, even after taking a consensus reach, a top three consensus reach, according to the Athletics Consensus Board at 19. Also a pretty decent reach on PFF's draft board and Jamin Davis at 19. What they did after that. was an that, understandable reach. So. Yeah, understandable reach. I mean, he was an insane athlete. We yeah. knew he was going in the first round. Yeah. Jamin Davis of Kentucky goes at 19, the Washington football team. And then after that, you just love what they did. Sam Cosme, Texas offensive tackle at 51. Benjamin St. Juice, Minnesota corner at 74. Deami Brown, North Carolina receiver at 82. I thought he could have gotten in the second. I like the Derek Forrest pick at 163. The long snapper pick is a joke shaka tony at 246 though and then dax Milne at 258 like those are i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of how they handle and they hit some pffas in the seventh and like that have played cam curl jimmy true, moreland true like they, they've been they've been some late round um, guys tony like, is well worth the seventh round flyer yeah and dax Milne, though he's like a slot only i know his comp for the in the draft guys brian hartline i still like him in the seventh like i mean seventh round going to get guys that like you liked at any point in their film is a huge win if yeah. you're going to look at a draft board. Yes. So obviously the pick we changed by Jamin Davis, understandable why they did it. I'm not going to hate too hard, but they obviously wanted a left tackle as well. Darisaw on the board at 19. Feel a lot better about Darisaw. I would have loved that. Cosme. So Darisaw at 19. And then and you could have got, they could have gotten Jeremiah was then the second with where he fell. Oh my goodness. Would have been a doorknob. The heart stuff though is interesting. Did you read into that at all? Jeremiah Wusukor. Yeah, you got a flag for it, but then not flagged. So you got flagged for it, and then the flags. results weren't going to come back. They didn't come back until I think the I, even after until the Cleveland the Browns round. took them. No, the Cleveland Browns oh, okay. took them without knowing what they were going to come back as. Could you imagine just getting absolutely fucked by that as a prospect? No, by like some mistake on a medical check. Just Dude, like, I would be oh, out there suing, suing kids. Yeah, yeah, like he got fucked. Like that's. I say that like I know what the fuck I'm doing. I'd yeah. be out there suing kids. I don't know how, how I'd even start that process. I want, yeah, I don't know what the kind of ramifications are there, but that just stinks for a guy. What's your opinion of this football team receiving core? Deami so, Brown, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Fitzy at the helm. Your thoughts? It's an interesting roster, man. I, I like it. We were we were say, like lamenting last year how they had no weapons, and now it's like, oh, wait, they got – and honestly, An Logan Thomas, the 3D. tight end thing, yeah. <laughs> the former quarterback out of Virginia Tech who now plays tight end, like was like legit good last year. Yeah. I don't hate Logan Thomas as a tight end there. Like I think again, it comes back to like, okay, would I have wanted them to see would I have wanted them to get aggressive like the Bears did and go up and grab fields? Sure. But it's still a very good roster. And I, I think the comparison I've made is that you know the football team is building, like drafting so well and building and adding talent so well. They that are. there are just a quarterback away. And you said this on the draft show and that they're an aggressive move away from having the quarterback and having a really good roster. They just need to make that sooner rather than later because once you got to start paying these guys, it gets that much harder. Yep. You know, like when you got to pay Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. We don't got to throw Deron Payne in the same That's true, but I'm saying that Chase defensive Young, line is their, yeah. their obvious strength. And yeah. like, I do think that eventually you're going to have to pay some of those guys. Yes. So I do think that they need to make the aggressive move sooner rather than later. Do you think they make a play next year, next year's draft class, or what's have the move? To. Yeah, it has to be. Okay, but I do think that they'll be fine offensively this year. Not you know great, it could but be? they'll be they'll be fine. It could be a very similar move or similar offseason to what the New England Patriots had, but with a good roster already. Like they spend big and frenzy potentially next year. Like go shoot the moon and then go get their quarterback. Like hey, we're yeah. gonna dump a ton of money into other positions and then go get the cost controlled cheat code that is a rookie quarterback. Maybe come up for Howell, Slovis, whoever's gonna be they there. Have the, in the six top most five. cap space in 2022 right now. That's hot. That's hot. Right? This football team gets it, and I think I, I, I kind of beat up on them a little bit because like man, they should have got aggressive, and got a quarterback. You're not a contender until you get this QB, but still. 
the the second best option to not getting ag- getting aggressive and getting QB is building a good roster and drafting well. And they're doing that. They're drafting mm-hmm. well and they're adding talent at every position. I think that's what you have to respect with the football team, man. They're they're figuring it out there in Washington, in D.C. Yeah. Uh, did you see that they are considering a name change to like the Demon Hellcats or something? What's your opinion Excuse on the football me? team mascot? <laughs> what do it you, should be? Yeah, what it should be. Or do you like? I, I really haven't thought about it too much. I'll be honest, but. Do you think they should change it? I, I don't From the hate football team? still being the football team. I, I think like it's kind of dope. They're in the nation's capital. Yeah, It's kind of growing on me. The more I think about it, it's growing on me. They should call themselves Washington's football team. Oh, wow. Instead of Washington football team. I think. It'd be I also cool. don't even just hate Washington. If they just drop the football team. Now that doesn't make any sense. I'm an idiot. All right. I, I think they should maybe keep football team. All right. You ready to jump? What, what's their over under? Football team is at eight. Are you taking the over or the under? 17-game season. You're going over? Over. With the push probability at 8? I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I think I would lean with you there. All right, Dallas Cowboys. We did not like their draft. And also, all the players they picked are are very— I didn't hate their draft, but they did draft every character guy under the sun. There weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of character red flag, off-field red flag. All of them went to the Cowboys. Yeah, Micah Parsons <laughs> had his red flags. Kelvin Joseph had his red flags. Then you factor in uh, Josh Ball. I wouldn't even call them red flags. Those are some black piece fucking of piece of shit flags right there. And like those three players are all, man, like just like off the field, they're going to need yeah. some development. At the very least, off the field, they're going to need some development. But so again, Micah Parsons at 12 after trading back. I think they picked up a third round pick there or maybe a fourth. I'm not sure. I remember. And then at uh, round two, they grabbed Kelvin Joseph, the Kentucky corner that some mocked in the first round. Ton of talent, transferred away from LSU after some failed drug tests. And we didn't talk about this a ton on the show, but Osa Diggy's due at 75. Like, I like that pick a ton as well. So I guess, and then Jabril Cox at 115. I think my two favorite picks are honestly Osa Diggy Zua at 75 and then Jabril Cox at 115. If they didn't invest so much of the linebacker position, though. Like, that linebacking depth chart is absurd. He's fifth on their linebacking depth chart. Jabril Cox now, after drafting him. Which I, I think speaks it. to how much they like him. Yeah. One, because you, why would you draft a guy who's fifth on your depth chart? In the, it is still a somewhat valuable pick at, in the early fourth round. But my favorite pick is probably the Michael Parsons one. That one's like, he's fantastic. You got an exceptional linebacker prospect at 12. And I think it's like a game changer type of defensive piece. Now, least favorite one, Nashawn Wright. I, I couldn't believe he got drafted that high. I couldn't believe he got drafted like full stop, let alone pick 99 overall. Um, if I were, that's also when I would have changed in the top 100. I would have gone, if you're, going, if you're looking for that type of corner, long, press type of corner, if Atim Elfano went a few picks later, that's where I would have gone. But Nation Wright, dude, he had a 1 6 5 10 split on his 40. 1 6 5. It's a defensive. Tackle. I think I could hit under one six five. No, but yes, I could. Maybe I got some juice, closing I, juice. No, one six five is a still athletic. Have you split, seen me but burst? That is, <laughs> I'd never want to. Um, <laughs> but he's just such an odd player. He's a six four, one hundred eighty three pound cornerback. That's abs- I. I Every time I think of it, I'm just like, what the hell's good? I could just. Do they also add Israel Mukwam later, too? Like, those yeah, two guys they were are attacking big as hell. A type, a body type. And they got it. They got the two guys that fit it. But yeah, I would have got it fought, too. That's just wild to me. Oh, well. All right. B grade for the Dallas Cowboys, their draft grade, a B, according to PFF. And then you had their over unders at nine and a half. I kind of like the over. People are going to fade them a little bit because the draft is kind of 
you know, up and down, but Dak coming back, I think is legit. That's going to have a huge impact. And this division is still bad. Like Washington football team, like won the division last year, I think with what, like six or seven wins. Like this division is still not great. So I do think that uh, over nine and a half is where I'd lean. They got a bad defense though. I'm going to say under nine. They had a half. bad defense last year. Yeah. And what, they won six games? I have to check. I don't know. I do think that Dak batters, having him back for the full season would be big. All right. New York Giants. New York Giants. They grabbed Kadarius Tony with their first Nine round. Pick. a lot. I just I feel under. Okay, seventeen games. You, your yeah, body, yeah. your brain. Your brain I know. So stupid isn't. seventeen games. All right. Kadarius. Uh, New York Giants. B plus draft grade for the New York Giants. They grabbed Kadarius Tony at twentieth. Aziz Ojulari at fifty. Aaron Robinson at seventy one. Those were their three top one hundred picks. Your opinion on the New York Giants draft? Yeah, I love their day two. Uh, those two picks of day two. Aziz Ojulari. Aaron Robinson solid as can be those are impact dudes on your defense on a defense that was already very good now they kind of they did ignore their offensive line i have some concerns there it was a bottom five offensive line in the nfl last year you got options but it's it, it's still that that's where so we'll talk about there's seven win total that's where it goes south that's how it goes south for this team is the o-line and the Kadarius Tony fit, that's the one pick I would change. I would have gone Rashad Bateman. It's in Jason Garrett's offense. I, I, Tony's role is odd to me. I, I'm not sure his role is very defined. I, I, I'll believe it. He'll be used well when I see it. But I just don't think that Jason Garrett is the type of OC that's going to really put him in that position to succeed right out the rip. Bateman doesn't necessarily need... You don't need to be schemed nearly as much. He doesn't need a defined role to make an impact. Like, that's a wide receiver two for you wholesale. It could even be your wide receiver one with Kenny Galladay there. Um, so that's the one pick I'd change. But, like, Kadaris Tony's a freaky dude. Another, It's kind of like the Jamin Davis pick where it's like, that, that guy doesn't exist elsewhere. So, okay, I can understand why you'd go there. But I just, like, if it was the Chiefs drafting Tony here, I'd be like, I'd I'd be on board right now. You know, if it was the Saints drafting Tony here, I'd be on board right now. I'd be like, okay, that guy's worth it right there for you. But the Giants, Jason Garrett, that's the only thing. Canary's Tony, the 39th ranked player on PFS draft board, grabbing him at 20. Still give that pick an above average grade. And then Alizio Delari, an elite grade. And then Aaron Robinson, a very good grade. Liking all three of those top picks there. I agree. I would have changed the Canary's Tony pick. I do think that I love the trade down though. Like the trade down to come down and pick up a future first which gives them a, a lot of ammo next year to where if Daniel Jones doesn't hit his stride this year, mm-hmm. they're in a really good position to potentially trade up. Like say they do win, you know, you know, seven, eight games and they aren't drafting inside, you know, the top eight, they can go trade up and go make a power play for a quarterback if they want to get aggressive and upgrade there. Like that was an underrated part of that trade down and that Daniel Jones doesn't pan out. You have the ammo to go get an upgrade, to go get a difference maker at quarterback. And obviously Daniel Jones could pan out. I think he's played a lot better than maybe where the narrative is on him right now, especially this past year. I was watching some tape last night. There's a couple of times where, man, Danny Dimes shows up. Like, you see it down the field a little bit. But I do think that um, more consistency there is the biggest thing. Like, the guy is, like, inconsistent as hell and doesn't have a lot of the tools or traits that you see with a lot of top young quarterbacks in the NFL. If he pans out, you're in a good position, potentially could extend him, whatever. But if he doesn't, you have that ammo now to go get an upgraded quarterback. Um, Malik Willis. I was watching some Malik Willis tape last night, too. Man, that Liberty quarterback. We're going to be talking about him a lot in 2021. Man, I'm excited. All right, moving down the list here. All right, where are you at with the Giants over-under? I like over seven. 
All right. Firmly. One of my favorite overs, in fact. This defense, it's going to be very good. Yeah. It's going to be a very good defense. So good defense. That. And I also think that, like, even if Daniel Jones is average, like, you're going to be probably pushing over seven It's wins. like the, and it's a it's shit like the O-line can't get worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew O-line Thomas, we're going to expect some to- yeah. uh, development from Andrew Thomas. Maybe Matt Pure if he gets in there. And you like, got I Nate Solderback. Like, yep. you, got, you got options. Get the over while it's only seven. I think it could come up before we get to the season. I agree. Yeah. All right. Eagles at six and a half. Their win total is six and a half right now with Jalen Hurts under center. I like what they did in the draft. Again, just a second round investment in quarterback. I think after, with that trade up ahead of um, the 11 pick, I would have liked them to go Justin Fields, even though I, I know you've said this, that mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys probably don't agree to that if they're going to get a quarterback. But fuck, it's free world, man. Go get go get Justin Fields. But they trade up from 12 to 10 and grab Devontae Smith at 10 and then grab Landon Dickerson at 36. Seven. Those two first picks, both elite and very good grades from PFF. And even Milton Williams, the guy that's pro day testing, is going to get talked about a ton. Like, especially now that we have a preseason, that's like preseason free ammo for mm-hmm. those commentators. Milton Williams, oh my God, looks a lot like Aaron Donald or tests like Aaron Donald. He was the 73rd ranked player on PFF's draft board. He gets picked at 73. Your opinion of the Eagles draft? I think we have the draft grade as a B minus. I-, I thought it was solid. B minus seems a little low, in my mm-hmm. opinion, in retrospect. Um, it's more like a B, B plus. Like those are, they got good players. Like the Smith, and the thing we don't factor in is that they fleeced that trade with the Dolphins. Yeah, like that yeah. was a one hell of a trade. They, they might have three first rounders next year, including a, like they might have a pick in the top five and three for and two more first rounders. Because if because if Carson Wentz if Carson plays Wentz whatever the eighty percent of the snaps or yeah. whatever, they make the playoffs. That. Like they 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 are in a franchise defined. That's a. We just got done talking could, about the. They Giants. could end up with Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and. and uh, <laughs> we just talked about the Jam- Giants having ammo if Daniel Jones, Jones doesn't pan out. They could have three yeah. first rounders next year and in a prime position yeah. to go get any quarterback they want, probably outside of Spencer Rattler, unless mm-hmm. they're picking one. So, obviously, like the Devontae Smith pick, the Landon Dixon one's like a little head scratching. I, I don't really take an injury risk guy when you're kind of who's. I, I get that he doesn't have to start right away. But you're kind of in a rebuild, and I don't know. I feel like you take the injury risk guy if you need him to play right now, more so. I don't know. I just i I think that's a little rich for a dude who has his injury history. I would have gone. That's the one pick I would change. I would have gone Barmore there instead, because obviously they wanted they were in the market for a DT. Go one seventy three, and then at seventy three you could have gotten Kendrick Green or Wyatt Davis on the interior if you really want to go back to that well. So that's where I would have gone. Um, Devontae Smith picked those, probably my favorite one. He's just he's damn good, like a d- different, in a much different type of receiver from Jalen Rager. And to get so, him after a trade back is awesome business. They also have my favorite pick in the seventh round, Patrick Johnson. I know a guy on top 100 big board for you. Talk to, oh, talk yeah. to the Eagles fans about Patrick Johnson. Oh, he's one of the most skilled edge rushers in this class. Now, he had a grade, passers grade over 90 back 2018, sophomore. And, and he actually has, so of all the undersized guys, you have Shaka Tony in that mix. You got Quincy Roche in that mix. William Bradley King. I thought he played with the most power. Like he, he had the most pop on contact, actually threatened with the bull rush. I think that's key when you are undersized. You got to have multiple ways to win, and he does. So that's why we were high on him. He was the 92nd player on our draft board and went pick 234. So love that. 
Um, and some of the other picks too. I kind of like. I mean, where they got him, Jacoby Stevens, where they got him, I didn't hate. Teron Jackson had a really good Senior Bowl. Get him at one ninety one. Then Marlon Tuipelotu is nice pick. Yeah, yeah Marlon Tuipelotu, one hundred eighteenth ranked player on PFF's draft board, got him at one eighty nine. We're on to the NFC West, baby. Last division before we wrap up and then do the AFC podcast. NFC West. We got to do the Eagles six and a half. Oh, where are, you, where are you at with the Eagles six and a half? Under. Under as well. I think they're going to be in, in the running to be picking number one, number two, or number three overall in the 2021 or 2022 NFL draft. All right. NFC West, Seattle Seahawks. We're going to start with them. They're over under set at nine and a half. Don't love what they did with Eskridge. Like that's the biggest thing. Like the Dwayne Eskridge pick, while Sam liked it a little bit more than you did, I'm not a huge fan of Dwayne Eskridge in that spot. I think they could have gone elsewhere, specifically Terrace Marshall Jr. I, I, I have I'm reading what you would have changed, but like, man, I agree with you. Like, go go get Terrace Marshall Jr. at 56, regardless of the injury red flags, man. Yeah, that's. I just I've said my piece and why I'm lower on Dwayne Eskridge than most. Undersized, five eight and some change. Now one ninety. He's well built, but he's not. He's not. Elite, elite fast. Like, this isn't like you're drafting a DK Metcalf. He's 4-4 at his pro day. It's good. He's not game-changing speed. He's not like yeah, an absolute exactly. He's going to be tw- he's 24. We're going to be 24 soon. And so he's kind of going to be a slot only at that size with you know, limited length, only 30 and 8 inch arms. Like, it's just 56. You, didn't have to draft, you don't have to draft guys like that at 56, in my opinion. Like, the slot speedster guys can go in the fourth, like Jalen Darden. So... Yeah, Jalen Darden, where he was picked compared to Dwayne Eskridge yeah. at 56, no thank you. And it's like Terrace Marshall ran faster than Eskridge as pro day. Offers you a much bigger catch radius. Is 20 years old. Is There's just so much that... Those injuries better been bad. The, yeah, I was going to say, like that dude better have like a knee that's in shambles and may never play again for me to go over... Eskridge over Fair Marshall. Enough. I think that's a very good point. But they did grab two other picks that you liked. I know Trey Brown at 137, the Oklahoma corner. Yeah. He was a dog. Force he, was definitely the interview, go back and listen to the interview for Trey Brown of Oklahoma. Like, that was sick. Like, he is a he's a cool dude. Very smart player as well. And then Stone Forsythe at 208. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Like, that, those are good that picks. That was a great pick. Um, honestly, my favorite of the draft, Stone Forsythe. So, can't hate it too much. But then you also almost have to factor in that they were burning their first rounder because of the Jamal Adams trade. Yeah, yeah. You have to factor in. They, Burning again next year too, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Which is just you hate to see. My God, like that's talk about not understanding where you were as a franchise or how close your defense was. That yikes, just yikes. Los Angeles Rams ten and a half is their win total. Um, they Seahawks. Res- you mean? No, or we talk about the Seahawks. Or just did, oh no, sorry. Seattle, Seattle. I was moving on. Seattle Seahawks at nine and a half. You going over under? I'm going under. I, I'm West is too good. Their defense is just their secondary. They are starting Akella Witherspoon and Trey Flowers at cornerback right now. And Ugo Amadi in the slot. That's or they might secondary. have another slot now. That's who you're starting. Maybe Trey Brown even beats And their pass rush down. isn't good. Like, it's not like, I mean, that's the other part, too. Yeah. It's like their pass rush is starting. Kerry Hyder and, uh, gosh, who, who they, who's the guy saying? Alden Smith's not walked through that door anytime soon. Carlos Dunlap. Maybe. Eesh. Yikes. That defense is going to be bad. I think the under makes sense. All right, let's jump to the Los Angeles Rams. They're over-under set at 10.5. Draft grade a C. We did not like the 2-2 Atwell pick at 57. 2-2 Atwell out of Louisville goes at 57. That's a lot higher than where I would have taken them. And even after that, like picks I liked on day three, Bobby Brown at 117. I guess Jacob Harris is worth the flyer at 141. 
Was, that's it, man. I did not like this draft. Robert Rochelle, that athletic upside in the fourth, but fuck. I mean, this is an ugly draft. <laughs> they drafted Ben Skoranek, dude. I couldn't believe that. He's the Notre Dame. He's like the Notre Dame. He's the Ian Book equivalent for wide receivers, where it's just like, I don't see how that dude's making making an impact, but it was seven. And they, but, then they both went to the, but, and they both went to, to Notre Dame. Yes, yeah, that's why. Uh, Tutu Atwell, though, is the one where it's just, dude, I don't, it's 155, 149 at the combine, middle combine. I, I don't, I can't believe they drafted him. I, I would have gone, obviously, one linebacker, I would have gone Nick Bolton there. Nick Bolton's on the board, impact linebacker for you, immediately upgrades that position, super instinctive. And fast enough, like he has sideline, sideline speed, can actually like make plays in that defense. But you went complete backup. Um, not, he's not going to make much of an impact this year. He's not even he's not going to play over Sean Jackson. I get maybe you want him there to learn from Sean Jackson, but I don't see it. Like, Sean Jackson was different, a bit much different on the college football field. Ten and a half, this and, is and a, like twelve pounds bigger, and like so. I don't know. It's just. Ten and a half. This is a fade spot for me. I'm going under. I think the Matt Stafford hype is overvalued. Losing Brandon Staley is going to matter for this team. I don't. I. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. I think ten and a half is too much. Yeah, division. losing Brandon Staley is like you can't just copy scheme. It's also play calling on that side of the ball and preparation and that sort of thing. I don't know about under though. You still, still like over ten and a half? I, I think I'll just say off. 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 What a loser. Loser. All right, 49ers. It's, being, it's called, you don't have to have a take on betting. That's how you lose money. That's true. That's true. You don't have to have a take on every bet. And you shouldn't bet on every bet. You yeah. have a take, though. You have a take on everyone. Yeah. All right. San Francisco 49ers, 10 and a half wins is where their projection is tied with the Los Angeles Rams after grabbing Trey Lance at number three overall. Um, that was, that pick was, so what's your official take on Trey Lance and San Francisco 49ers at three over Mac Jones and Justin Fields? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm completely fine with that pick. That's a swing. We we kept saying he's a swing for the fences. Feel, obviously, we had feels as a higher. That's where we would have likely gone. But I'm not not going to completely. It wasn't the gap wasn't so big that I'm sure they're wrong, or sure I'm right, or going to like criticize them for going elsewhere. Now, to me, it was between Fields, Jones, Lance, Jones, but between Fields, Lance, it wasn't. We gave their grade a oh sorry. I missed it. Pick draft grade was a B. Grab Trey Lance at number three overall. Aaron Banks of Notre Dame at 48. They trade up for running back in the third. They grabbed Trey Sermon of Ohio State. And after that, some highlights on their draft. Yamador and Lenoir of Oregon at 172. Talanoa Faga, USC box safety at 180. Those are two day three picks, two round five picks. I didn't hate. Your thoughts on the San Francisco 49ers draft overall? It was fine. It's the Lance one. Like, they did what we said they had to do. They had to go make the play for the quarterback. And I like, I respect that. Like what they did. Um, the Banks pick, I, I don't get it. I wasn't super high on him, obviously. I, I don't like scheme fit wise. He's not terribly athletic. I would go on Dylan Raiden's there if you want an athletic interior offensive lineman. Now he played tackle, obviously, at, at North Dakota State, but could easily kick inside. That's where I would have gone. But they felt differently from I. Your take on the 49ers, 10 and a half. 10 and a half. I'm going under there. I, I, I just don't think with this division how talented it is, 10 and a half. The big reason why, 
and, and everyone says, okay, you got Jimmy G back, whatever, healthy, you got soft offense, and even Trey Lance, how good he was as a prospect. The biggest reason they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago was the defense. And as it stands right now, Richard Sherman ain't walked through that door. And even if he is, he's a lot, he's going to be a different player at his age than when he was. Relying on Jason Verrett, Dante Johnson on the outside. Jason Verrett stayed healthy one season in his entire career. You know, they also have Robert Sala leaving. Yeah, and Robert Sala leaving. Like there, there's a lot of reasons to think this defense, even with Nick Bosa back, ain't going to be the defense we saw a couple of years ago. And that was the biggest driver. So 10 and a half, I'll, I'll go under there. I don't like betting on their over under win total. I do like them as a dark horse to win the NFC West. I, I like just because the NFC West is a shit show. I mean, the Rams and the 49ers are tied for the lead in you know win totals right now with 10 and a half a piece. Seattle at nine and a half. Mm-hmm. They have the best quarterback. Russell Wilson, the best quarterback in this division, but like the worst defense. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to like bet them with plus money. 49ers win the division. I like, I like that bet a little bit. All right. Car- Arizona Cardinals, despite, Adding a ton of talent, despite having Cliff Kingsbury, despite having Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, adding Zayvon Collins, their win total is the lowest in this division at eight, and I still think it could go under. I don't like the Cardinals, man. The Cardinals are not have not played good football since Cliff Kingsbury taken over, and 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 neither has Kyler Murray. But I don't think he's necessarily been put in a position to succeed. They grab Zayvon Collins at sixteen, that with their first pick, Rondell Moore at forty nine, continuing to give. Cliff and Kyler, every reason to have success offensively. I also don't think this offensive line is that bad. Like, D.J. Humphreys had a really good season this past year. I, I think the Arizona Card- the days where the Arizona Cardinals offensive line was like a clear-cut weakness are kind of gone. Not gone, yeah. but like it's at least average. It's at least average offensive line. What's your take on the Cardinals draft and, and their prospects? I do think it's interesting. So just thinking about their linebacker position now, how <laughs> like freakishly built Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons are. They, they can like touch, they can like hold hands next to each other and be like outside the tackles with how long those dudes are. It, yeah. It's an interesting way to build a team. They're obviously thinking about that division and how much the middle of the field gets attacked and two guys who can shut down some windows there in a big way. So I don't necessarily hate the pick. I would have gone elsewhere. I would have gone cornerback. Still a more valuable coverage position. Greg Newsom, Caleb Farley on the board there. That's where I would have gone. Now, I, I still think their draft is interesting. I, I, I like the Rondell Moore pick in the second. Even if I thought they could have used a number two wide receiver, I think you, I trust them to use him in a manner that's going to be conducive to his strengths and make an impact on that roster. But I still don't think it's a roster that's going to compete in the West. I just, that defense, and especially the cornerback position after losing Patrick Peterson, Malcolm Butler, Byron Murphy, like you got some options, but I just think they're going to be, I don't know. That- I mean, opposite. So Malcolm Butler will start outside corner. It's going to be competition between Robert Alford, Marco Wilson, and then their sixth round pick, Tate Gowan, to start opposite him. Byron Murphy in the slot has played well, but like this defense did not show signs of life. This offense has been a, a bottom 15 offense over the past two seasons. I, I do think that we need to see something different. That's the bottom line. Like Arizona Cardinals has not, the Arizona Cardinals in 2019 or in 2020 did not show any levels of development, in my opinion. They added talent, DeAndre Hopkins, etc., but they have not shown incremental development. I mean, Kyler Murray battled injuries last year. He was a completely different player after yeah. those injuries. Fuck, man. Like you need to see something different. Like you need to see Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray take a different approach to 2021. And defensively, you need to see some positive development from Isaiah Simmons. I will, I will say they did from 2019 to 2020 at least. So 
we we shall see if King's Brim takes that next step. We shall see. We shall see. That's going to do it, though, for the NFC, man. That is the NFC. Your official take, actually, on the Arizona Cardinals at eight. Are you going to bet on that one? Man, I hate that in that division. Eight's under 500, though, is the other thing. Yeah. I'm you a, can no I'm longer go it. 500. Yeah. I'm going to go off. I'm off it. Off I would line. say under if I'm going to bet anything. Ooh. I'm going under for the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're going to finish as the worst team in this division. Now there's a take. I, I can't hate too much on that. Like it's, We were talking, and so it's Sunday night. We're at a Holy Grail downtown, and I'm like, how many bad teams are there right now where you're just like, that team sucks? And there's not a lot. Like There's a lot of parity, at least on paper right now, heading into – 2021 it's interesting yeah i mean the lowest five ranked teams in terms of betting odds to make the playoffs are the houston texans at dead last detroit lions at 31st which who are a bad team yes those are two bad teams and then you have the new york jets and Bengals at you know the right mm -hmm. above them and then the fifth worst team in terms of making the playoffs next year is the las vegas raiders who is a bad team but like they have a competent quarterback. What's funny when you look at that is that Las Vegas Raiders are the only team there paying like a legit quarterback. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously the the Lions are paying Jared Goff, but he's a dumpster fire, and they got two two first round picks for taking on his contract. Yeah, I mean, there were two teams in the top four this past year: Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan helm teams in the top four. So yeah, like quarterback, a good quarterback isn't all you need anymore to get you in the door. There you go. All right. That's going to do it for the NFC version. We're going to also record the AFC version. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Two for One Drafts. We are on our way reviewing the 2021 NFL Draft. Until next time, Austin Gale, producer Mike Quinn, producer David Zafaro, Mike Renner, Two for One Drafts. Yeah.